Welcome to Anthropology of Girlhood, a girlhood podcast about pet ethics. I'm Alexa Ray Hack. I'm a comedian and storyteller, and I use she, her pronouns. My name is Micah Silver, and I'm a child care provider, and I use they, them pronouns. And today is the eighth installment of our As Told by Ginger series. We're wrapping up season two. And as always, this is a great show. And if you're not watching along, you're making a mistake. You're making a huge mistake. In episode six, in episode 16, Courtney's mom ends up in the hospital for a while and Lois kind of adopts Courtney as a third child, much to Ginger's dismay. In episode 17, um, Ginger writes a poem that's a little bit dark and everyone gets concerned that she's depressed. And also, Carl accidentally disappears a girl that he has a crush on. In episode 18, Ginger helps one of the common geek girls of the school, Hope Rogers, find her confidence and kind of become one of the popular kids. And in episode 19, Ginger uh, has a crush on her quiz bowl coach, and it goes about as poorly as you would expect. In episode 20, a terrible, absolute dictator of a substitute teacher comes into Ginger's class and makes everyone's life absolutely miserable. Meanwhile, Carl is trying to teach Mr. Licorice how to ride a motorcycle for a pet talent show. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at Anthro267. Subscribe to the Patreon at patreon.com slash Anthro267. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, thank you. The first episode is Courtney's mom has like botched plastic surgery. She gets right. an infection. And so Courtney basically moves in with Ginger. Having the cool mom. Right. This is another episode. Like, it's so funny. This ties into 13 that we just talked about. But this is another one of those, like, the imposition and, like, the difficulty of living in the cool house, right? Yeah. Like, Lois is just trying to be helpful and understanding and, like, doesn't realize how it is hurting her child. Right. I I don't understand Ginger's jealousy, especially as a kid who has a sibling who, like, like, I, I get it, like, I understand it, but, like, as someone whose mom adopts all of their friends, yeah. like, it was just something that, like, I was like, yeah, okay, makes okay. sense. <laughs> you know, like, I they're my friends. They're part of my life. It makes sense that you would want to make sure that they're taken yeah. care of as well. Well, as a kid who wasn't paid attention to, I feel the opposite. <laughs> like... <sighs> How dare you? Oh, maybe this is like too direct an attack on my mother currently, but fucking come for me. Like, how dare you put so much love and attention into anyone when you can like barely give me the time of day? That is fair. Right? That is absolutely fair. And like, definitely that comes from like a personal place of hurt and trauma for me. But like, that's what the podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> I also like, I always wanted space for my mom. So like yeah. having someone else to like absorb all of that mom energy was yeah. really nice. Cause yeah. it meant that I didn't have to deal with it for a moment, which that's true. Your mom can be intense. I love her so I much. I love her but dearly. She's a lot, but she can be a lot. And like, I think luckily she knows this about herself and so she will just like disappear at points and you're like, yes, this is the appropriate amount yeah. 
I love it. I aspire to be as aware of my muchness as my mom is. <laughs> yeah, right? I, yeah, I have a problem with that. I have no idea. I'm just like this all the time. Yeah, that's why I like you. We got to talk about Carl's beef story in this. Oh, yeah. Because. I literally wrote like body dysmorphia is for men, too. Yeah, I was going to say the male gaze is harmful for everyone. Right, right. Like no one. Oh, this the other thing I thought about was like, this is a capitalism problem. This is like people need to people need to generate money. Right. In a system where plastic surgery is for profit and like this applies to like the diet industry as well. Like they have to keep selling you and have to keep making the, you know, like bar higher. So the demand is there. So the demand is there and you keep buying their widgets and getting their surgeries and doing whatever. Right. Like the last thing the diet industry wants is for you to feel comfortable in your body because then you're not going to buy their fucking shakes. Right. right? Yeah. And like, I just, I do truly feel that once you start deconstructing capitalism, like it truly breaks the world open to be able to understand like how evil and toxic it is and how much, better the world could be if it was literally just about like caring for each other and our environment and not extracting value out of each other yeah i uh, don't remember who said it someone who's in office somewhere because of the leaked oh my god roe v wade this we can't this will be a a whole nother episode but but yeah uh one of their arguments for why it needs to be repealed was because we are to keep the workforce. Like they like straight up came out and yeah. said it and was like, well, because like a different video, right? Somebody was explaining that like, basically the options are let in more immigrants, which you can't do because they're Brown. Right. Actually provide people living wages and free health care so that they can have and take care of their babies, which you can't do because capitalism, the capitalism and you know, the, fucking hospital corporations and like insurance companies by the elections or you can require people to have babies basically so like that's the option right like because all the other things we can't do we can't it's only white women who are allowed to have babies because we sterilize every brown woman we can without her knowledge oh yeah jesus christ that's a whole we can't. We cannot Sorry. talk about no. it. Will be an. It'll be an episode. episode. Maybe that'll be the bonus episode. Yeah, I was this say, <laughs> this maybe month. we just put out an extra bonus where we talk about Roe v. Wade and its implications. I I feel like this episode did a really good job about like showing like not. I don't want to say how ridiculous plastic surgery is because I think there is a market for it and there is a need for it for totally. sure. But like how ridiculous the male gaze and the beauty standards for men are yeah. because like a chin implant is ridiculous. Like yeah. the whole concept is ridiculous. Right. Right. And Carl looks like a goddamn super villain <laughs> from so like, ridiculous. it's so funny. He does look like a, like super villain. I know I just did Waluigi, but he does kind of like look, it, have a, like a crescent shaped face. Right. Exactly. But like, that's not the female gaze. No, it's ne- the, 
Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans superhero body that men are pitched With the, as. the perfect square jaw and like, yeah. That's not, the, that's the male gaze. And I've heard from a lot of men who work really hard to get that body that they're always disappointed that they aren't getting compliments from women and right. it's mostly guys who right. compliment them. Right. And it's always, um, it's like, it's because that's who you're doing it yeah, for. Yeah, you're doing it for other gym bros. Yeah. Like you're doing it for your bros. And, like, that's fine. I think like more the, men should do things to feel attractive to themselves and to other men. Absolutely. Because women do that all the time. Yeah. I get hot to impress my friends all the time. Oh, yeah. Because it's the best. I love when my friends gas me up about how hot I am. Right. But, like, it, just admit that to yourself. Right. That that's what you want. Because, like, if you wanted to attract women... Like there would you, there'd be a whole other yeah like set of standards. You would just be like caring <laughs> and understanding and you know empathetic and maybe know how to do dishes and yeah know how to fucking keep up a house and make meals and like not have to be given an itemized list of how to be an adult human being. Have a personality that helps a lot too. Yeah, like have, read, read a book. That's good. Read a book that's not written by an old white man. <laughs> yeah. Still mad about that. I had a guy on Tinder who's like the first two books he asked if I read were 1984, which <sighs> okay, oh, is a whole other thing to unpack. Yeah. Also, we all were in high school lit. We all read it. Yeah. And well, I didn't, but well, we've, you're we've, a special. We've well case. documented my <laughs> lack of high school literature. Yeah. And Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I think is an overrated piece of trash. Yeah, my dad is a nerd, so like I grew up with a lot of that stuff. That was one of the books that he gave to me. And as a kid, I was like, yeah, this is hilarious. And now, like, it's kind of not. And it's like, I don't know, maybe part of it is that it's an older property at this point. Yeah. And so it's just like, it's been done now. It's hack at this point. But I don't, just don't think it's that good, that funny. And honestly, honestly, all the good jokes are in the first, like, 10 15 20 pages and then it's just like kind of a lot of like dumb bad science fiction bullshit so this might be a hot take and don't even ask me about those other two fucking books those can get fucked this might be a hot take i don't think it is i think it's very reasonable it's an annoying book it's uh, yeah it's a really annoying book it's a super annoying book yeah and it just pisses me off but like, if those are the two books that you give me, 1984 and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you tell me you have no personality. Right. That's a nothing personality. Right. Like... You have... You contain nothing. You are allowed to have opinions. Yeah. You are allowed to expand your horizons past what culture has said you need. Yeah. Like, if you tell me you read, I would like three different genre books. Right. Especially if you... Yeah, if that's the thing. If you lead with, like... I like to read books and then those are your only examples, things that you read in high school. It's like, do you like to read books or do you just want people to think that you like to read books because you know that's what smart people do, but you don't actually read anything? He asked me what kind of books I read, so I gave him my three gayest fantasy books that I <laughs> have been wanting to read, all written by women. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I... I don't I like to read things barely by... barely read books that... By men yeah. at this point in my life. I think I straight up told him I don't like listening to men because they don't have anything important to say. 
You're vicious, and I love you. We got way we the got fuck way off, off track. track. But I wrote that um, we have had a, a hypothesis on this show that Hoodsie is autistic. Oh, he absolutely is. The line that I wrote down is, like, I freak out when my mom buys 2% milk instead of whole. I can taste the difference, Carl. I can taste the difference. You can taste the difference. Okay. As a person who drank skim milk. Oh, same. Uh, I don't, I can't taste the difference. I, 2% and whole milk taste the same to me. I drank skim milk and then I became a barista and I can taste the difference. Okay. Two percent is. It's definitely. It's watery. Yeah, it's got it's, a it's lighter so mouth water. feel. But um, also I have the line that I love that he said was like, "You're the same skin tone as my mom," because he was doing <laughs> Carl's makeup on Carl's. Also, makeup. they they were like, "Make sure to blend it." I've heard that's important, <laughs> which was like super Great. cute. It is. It's I'm super important. I'm so otherwise glad. Otherwise, you look like you have a weird clown face, right? Blend your makeup. But yeah, I love how soft Hoodsy is and yeah. like how he like he sees what Carl is wanting to do and like is supportive. Right. But he also, also tries to make it positive it, when he can. Right. And he also like makes sure that like he's always like kind of fighting for his friend. Like, do you really need this? Right. Right. And I also love the doctor's solution. I think that was a really good way. If a kid was like, I want this. Well, I'm not going to give it to you, but here let's create a, right. Let's create an object lesson out of it instead of just like shouting you down. It was really cute that he tried to ask Lois too. Yeah. I'm hoping that happens eventually. I do too. That would be nice. Like, I don't feel like, We've talked about this, but like, I don't feel like Lois has to be in a relationship no. to be happy. And she's clearly very happy being alone. But like, I don't know. That would be, it would be nice they've to been, see. They've played it up a few times and I'm hoping there's a payout. Yeah. You know, you know, I want to see Lois happy. She deserves to be happy. Yeah. Oh, this is another thing that I wrote, identified with in, from this episode. It's like Dodie's mom gets mad when she turns pages too loud, which... <laughs> Don't call me as, out like right, that. As a person who grew up in like a tumultuous emotional house, like I can identify with like, stop it, you're turning pages too loud or like whatever. Oh, uh, my other two points. At one point, uh, Lois, like Ginger's freaking out and like is upset and frustrated because court, she doesn't feel like she's enough for her mom and like kind of storms off on her. And Lois says something about the hormones coming up, which like... Yes, hormones do play a part in teenage mood stability. Totally. But then that invalidates kids' feelings so much. Yeah. And just washing that up to, oh, you're hysterical right now because yeah. your hormones are telling you to. It's like, yeah. okay, your hormones are telling you this is like this is right. a contributing factor. Like this feels really big right now. Yeah. And Yeah, and like why not right. In, instead of dismissing those feelings with, oh, it's just hormones. Again, you could make a lesson out of it where it's like, yeah, sometimes stuff is going to come up in your life that's going to affect your moods in a way that you can't necessarily control, but you have to learn to moderate anyway because that is part of what being a functioning adult looks like. Right. Yeah. Again, teaching emotional literacy right. is important super important don't push away your emotions feel your goddamn feelings anyway man if we had a nickel for every time we said feel your feelings on this show we wouldn't have to have real jobs nope <laughs> yeah, i was like we could stop doing patreon 
Ginger just has this great line at the end when she's finally kind of like talking to Courtney and like they're kind of giving everything out. Courtney like says we shouldn't be talking because we're fighting and Ginger pulls this like I'm gonna want to talk about it but just not right now, right. which is so fucking mature and yeah. like is so hard to do. Incredible. I definitely like, was not that mature. No, I still have time. trouble doing that. Yeah. And like to be able to be like, I don't want to lose you as a friend and I want to continue our relationship. But right now I need you out of my space and I need you out of my face. Yeah. I still have trouble with that as an adult. Yeah. That's like, just hard. That's amazing. And what a great thing to model for kids in a TV show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to miss this show. I'm going to miss the show so much. <laughs> so episode 17 is about there's a short fiction poetry contest and Ginger writes this beautiful poem, oh which God, is amazing because we know she is a, a, a poet already. Yeah, and it's a beautiful poem. And then everyone assumes that she is depressed, <laughs> which like I can I can identify with that. Right, like. From a teacher's point of view, like, Miss Zorsky did the right thing. Totally. Right? Like, if a kid Absolutely. turned that into me, I would also be like, hey, do bud, you want to talk? What's going on? I'm I'm y- not cons- concerned so much, but I do think you should talk to somebody. someone just in case. <laughs> right. Like, uh, you know, uh, you seem like you're in a good spot, but also writing is very personal and I want right. to make sure you're okay. Right. Which um, is, like, again, a reason that we should have school psychologists more readily available or available at all for that matter just to have somebody that you already have a relationship with and be like you know like just go have an extra meeting this week and just talk about it like it doesn't have to be a thing but it should probably we should probably just just check in about it we just want to check in yeah yeah and i think like I think it's hard to take our friend's word of like, it's just fiction when it's something that feels so personal. And I think Ginger had a good point of like, it kind of connects with everyone and that's what scared them. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, think so. Which I like as a writer is such a goal and like such a hard thing to do. Totally. That I am like slightly jealous of her ability, but also I have to remind myself she has a writer's room behind her. Right. And this was so funny to me because like, my writing is nonfiction, right. right? Like I write about my life. And so when people are concerned about me, they are correct. They are warranted. Right? Like it's they're not wrong. I always tell people that they shouldn't feel bad for me because I wouldn't be telling this story if I hadn't processed it already. Right. Because I've not gone to shows because I wrote a story and I couldn't get through it. And I just was like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. I thought I could. I'm not ready. Right. But like still, people come up to me after shows and they're like, is everything okay? And I'm like, yeah, this is how I get to okay. This is my part of my process. So yeah, I was a little bit on Ginger's side of like, leave me the fuck alone. Like if this was a problem, I would handle it or I would talk to somebody about it. Right. And I feel like especially with a kid like Ginger who has proven that she is pretty aware of her emotions right. and pretty aware of who she is. Right. Like she would, I think Lois was so spot on of like, no, I'm not worried. I know who you are and right. I know you know who you are. Right. And, and yeah, she says like, you've always been sensitive and like, that's great. Right. And like, what a great relationship. Again, Lois being like 
a plus mom of like trusting your kid to come to you if there's an issue instead of forcing it out yeah being like because like you know how many parents or how many times would we have seen it parents like pressuring their kid of like are you okay are you okay why don't you talk to me about this instead of just being like no you just wrote something incredible and i'm really proud of you right yeah whereas like my parents took the opposite tack of like yeah like talk to us what's going on like you need to you know, like, and it was like, that made it worse it made because it, so it much worse. was isolating. Yeah. It, and it felt like I couldn't come to them about stuff because it was, it had to necessarily be blown up. Into right. This big it was thing. always reacted to poorly. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and then the B story, Carl accidentally vanishes a girl that he has a crush on. Oh my God. It's so cute. It's so adorable. And it's nice to see Carl like kind of growing up in that way that he's like interested in a girl yeah it's cool it is and she's so weird she's so weird and also yeah like as a person who also dates weirdos it was i was like i saw it yeah i think in this batch of episodes we get a lot more depth to the courtney character definitely because in this one she like starts being uh, over dramatic and melodramatic right because and like goth and right because she saw how much attention ginger got and like yeah. comes out and says like being res- miserable got you a bunch of attention so why are you the only one who's allowed to capitalize on yeah, that yeah i i think there's a runner in here in these episodes of courtney's neglect yeah i was gonna right say, it's yeah. like in the beginning we see her as this kind of like oh she's rich and she has everything but like she doesn't no. because her parents are never around she's basically raised by like a nanny and a butler. Yeah. Like that's also no kind of she way to live. She had to beg her mother to stay home after being in the hospital instead of instead of going on vacation. Right. Yeah, like that's uh, that's, that's terrible. A, yeah. And I we see it in the next episode as well with like how much attention she's desperate for and that is what happens when you neglect your child. They will go to the ends of the world to find that attention. Yeah. Yeah, totally. As a as a comedian, yeah. <laughs> let me tell you the lengths that people will go to get attention. Who boy? Yeah. And then uh, episode eighteen is about this girl Hope. Yes. Who feels like invisible in the school? Which mood? I think, yeah, you and I both probably have, have strong feelings about. Because yeah, like again, this is that trope that we always talk about of like. That's the dream of being able to just like change your wardrobe and suddenly I wish a haircut was all it took to get popular. Yeah, you're like popular and people like you. And like she does the full 180 and like she rules the school and becomes the new like most popular girl. Right. And I tried so hard to be one of the cool kids and nothing I did worked. Yeah, I know. And it is so middle school social structures in general are awful. They're bizarre. They're bizarre and they don't make sense. And they are so rigid. Yeah. No one. It's not this like someone comes to popularity for three days and then they it is. I remember like the queen bee was the queen bee. Yeah. But maybe I also went to a really small middle school. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even remember really being aware of that stuff. Mm, That's fair. Because 
of autism and like yeah i think like i've talked about this before that i kind of just like checked out of like i have no idea who the popular kids in my middle or high school were and if you honestly if you showed me a picture of them now i'd be like i don't know who that is see see, i was a doty i was yeah obsessed a climber like even if i wasn't a part of it i wanted to know everything and like I think it was because how my brain interpreted things was like, I need all of this information so I can make the right performance. So I can fix it, right? Right. So that I can be the perfect like human robot. Exactly. Those are two, definitely two different approaches to that. Yeah. And I just remember like being so, so vigilant of how like everyone looked at me. Yeah. I think that was my only note. (laughs) This was like the lightest episode, I feel like. Yeah, it was pretty, yeah. It was don't be catty. and Yeah, basically. Which like is a good lesson and like is always a good episode to like air and like show that like, no, you have more in common and like just tearing each other down is not. Doesn't help anyone. No. But yeah, it definitely feels like now that we are, I mean, this is the end of season two and the show definitely feels like it's in the like ending spiral yeah. like we're definitely getting towards you know where the episodes are a little less dense than yeah. they were at the beginning not, not less good no like just, there's still a lot of good material it's just like there's not it's not so chock full right messages stuff. are uh, not as complex as right they exactly usually are. exactly yeah uh, and then episode 19 is, oh, this is, I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts about Ginger this. Because Ginger has a crush on her, like, quiz bowl coach. And it's, oh, bo- oh, oh boy, okay. it's it's bad. D- it's, I feel like you have to, you probably have more feelings about this than I do. But, like. So, ignoring the fact that you should not have a crush on your teacher because they are an adult in power and you are a child. We're going to set that aside for a second. I, I do feel like it happens to everybody, though. D- does it? Because it never happened to oh, me. Oh, really? It definitely happened to me. I never. Especially with the odd, like, you, you know, you'd have like a 22 or 24-year-old I never teacher. had any. Oh, yeah. Every once in a while, you get a younger teacher and you'd be like, oh. But, you know, like, I feel like the the teacher in here does not do enough to put the no, kibosh no. on that. Like you, he, you should know. You should be aware. Yeah. You're not doing your job correctly if you can't sense that. And I, yeah, exactly. I feel like part of your job, especially as a masculine teacher who also has the, you know, complicated, like, patriarchy dynamic, like, you need to be vigilant about stuff like that because, like, we've talked before about how, like, part of being a teacher is knowing how to like socially disconnect from Mm -hmm. your students because like they can't know you as like a full rounded human being because it undermines you as a teacher. You see your students outside of class. If you run into them in the world, you are Mr. Whatever you do not give them your first name. They do not change the rules on them. Right. Like, just because you are outside of school does not mean that you get to stop being that person for right, them. Right, right. Because, because, yeah, you have to be You that. have to keep that boundary. And, like, if you don't want to interact with them, hide. Right. Walk the other way. Right. Like, if you're, like, a therapist or something. Right. Like, you have a professional relationship with this person. And, like, it's your responsibility as the professional in the relationship to maintain that professional connection. Yeah. 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 Don't If you see your therapist in real life, don't talk to them. Yeah. That happens. That, One time, 
I used to run a comedy show, and one time my therapist came. I don't think she came to my show, but she was at the bar right. that my show was running at. And we both kind of just like looked at each other like deer in the headlights. And then she and her boyfriend like immediately turned around and left. And I was like, like good. fair, accurate. I do not blame you. Like, I'm not uncomfortable with the situation, but like, you are the professional. Please do what you need to do. Oh, but like, okay. Putting it aside that she is a child and this is a grown ass man. Right. Because, no, just no. Right. You wouldn't, you shouldn't go to a coffee shop and ask a barista who's working out on a date. No, don't, don't ask people out when they're working. Your teacher is working. They can't escape you. Yeah. They have to be, sit there and you're going to make it awkward and you're going to make it hard and you just don't. Ugh. Also, that if you are talking to your teachers outside of school, red flag. Yeah, red flag. And then the like giving her his first name. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. You should it have done more. feels like... He is courting disaster at yeah. this point. And maybe part of that is that we're seeing it from Ginger's perspective. Mm -hmm. And she's kind of romanticizing what is actually less than it seems to be. Mood. Right. Which makes a lot of sense for like when you're, you know, this age and things just feel like really big and out of control. Her constant daydreaming was... Yeah. So relatable for me at that age. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, super weird. And then... When she just like blurts it out in the middle of the conversation, I was like, this is just sort of like commit like ritual suicide oh, yeah. situation. Like, right on the I, stage on public Okay, access. I'm just <laughs> There are my entrails. Goodbye. Like, yikes. Yeah. 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 Lois was a little bit too cool about it. That was bad. Yeah. I feel like Lois's move is just like. Uh, whatever if you want to talk to me you'll talk to me <laughs> like that's kind of her vibe in general that's true and like when you're that embarrassed i like definitely give them space yeah like maybe let's not draw more attention to this situation but right there now there definitely needs to be a conversation later on about how it your teachers are not right dateable not romantic interests right for a variety of reasons not the least of which is that you are a child you are a real child so then the last episode here is uh, Ginger's class gets like a crazy substitute teacher who's like a horrible tyrant and I can I can feel you vibrating so just go ahead as an ex-substitute teacher and as a current teacher don't run your goddamn classrooms like dictatorships yeah. also if you don't like kids don't work with kids right like Jesus Christ. Her, like, she comes in and is like, face the wall. Move your desk. You're not allowed to talk to each other. And, like, making them do essays because they cough or clear their throat. And like, it's like... Things I'm, they can't control. And I know this is, like, an over-exaggeration because it's right. a cartoon and right. whatever. But, like, there are teachers out there who command their classroom like a dictatorship. Yeah. And, like, just, like, if you want control over people, get into kink. Don't take it out on kids. <laughs> or 
Yeah, yeah. I just you yeah, can I do it like, constructively. I feel like there are a non-zero amount of teachers who literally just get into it because they want to have someone to control. And there are a lot of them are male teachers, right? Uh, it's trouble. Yeah, because I had a teacher like that in middle school who was a tyrant, and especially I thought like, why are you in a middle school? Oh my like, god! Why yes. not teach high school if you are so incapable of handling? children acting out being children like talking to each other and being able to command attention anyway don't teach middle school teach high school teach college like when you are working with children especially if they are under 15 there's gonna be some chaos yeah it is the nature of children that's just how they are if you can't handle a little bit of chaos or know how to control or work with that little bit of chaos don't teach don't fucking teach children that's just the that's just all there is to it. As a preschool teacher who deals with mostly chaos. Yeah, I was going to say like 70% of your job is like silliness and, yeah. and chaos and, the, and, and one two three eyes on me like get right? getting attention forcibly. Oh my god, the cute one that we're doing with the toddlers now is they plant their seed and get really small and then they grow and like come up and it's so fucking that's cute. So cute. Wow, but like That's amazing. I'm currently working in a monastery school, which I have feelings about for another time. But, like, it is so structured. And the amount of time that teachers are expecting behavior that is so high above... The kids who are... The kids who yeah. they are teaching is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I love story time. Story time is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, it's super fun. You know how you make it more fun? You let the kids get involved. You do a little back and forth. You do a little movement play. You do, you know, you get your sillies out because yeah. they're, you know, that reinforces a sense of community. It reinforces like a respect for fun, you. And it makes it fun, fun. So it's not just like a lecture. Right. And you like actually pay attention to the story more because you're like pulled into it a little bit. The amount of teachers that I work with who are like, sit still and be quiet and listen to this story. I'm like, these kids are three. They don't know how to sit still. Yeah. Like, you can't let them stand. Oh, God forbid I let a kid stand in the back of their friends because they can't sit right now. It's just ridiculous. And like, especially with preschoolers, like, let them be fucking kids. Yeah. I, I can't believe that's such a radical statement as a teacher is it's to like let kids be kids well be that's because of the way our education system is designed it's designed to make worker bees not human beings yeah that's true i was gonna say it's because capitalism ruins education that's i mean basically yeah but, that's basically same same thing different words yeah i it's just uh, yeah but ginger in this episode is so badass yeah she's amazing like one, to stand up to your friends and be like, this is not okay. Is Even when you know it's going to get you ostracized. Like, Dodie warns her that, like, this is going to break bad for you. You should just sit out and you will be able to, you know, keep you your know, nose clean. clean. But she's still like, I have to do what's right. And, right. and she literally, like, takes a fucking half dozen eggs. For a total asshat of a teacher. Right. For just to prove a point about right. how this isn't cool. Which, like... I don't know some adults that can do that. Yeah, I wouldn't fucking do that. Right? Like, no fuck. No way. And then to have her be the, like, 
first one to go, you know what? Fuck your rules. I'm, you, you know, yeah. this is not how you educate people. Right, right. And to stand up for her classmates. Yeah. Um, like the next day is so like the fucking ovaries on that girl. Yeah. Right. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. And I. And like, also what a great way to swing back to being cool again. Right. right? Is to like, well, you know what? Not a, I took a bullet for this teacher, but just to prove to you that I'm still on your side, I'm leading the rebellion. Right. Like, no, fuck this. I'm yeah. not staring. Staring at the wall. Why? Why? Like, who does that help? They can't see you teach. Like, what's the point? I don't understand. I bet you she's not teaching. It's all workbook shit. Oh, God. It's all that sit is, here and read and copy it down. That is the worst kind of teaching. That's like, why are you here? You could be an app. Yeah. Like, why do you exist? If I'm just like filling out blanks in a book and the book is teaching me, like, can I just take this book home? Do your goddamn job and teach. Right. right. Don't just. Anyway. So then the B plot in this episode is Carl basically becomes a monkey agent for Higsby's Mr. Licorice. Where did these kids get a motorcycle? Right? And how is nobody like concerned or calling the cops about these kids and this motorcycle? If I saw a goddamn monkey on a motorcycle, I would be worried. I would be so worried. Like I wouldn't call the cops because we don't call the cops. But like I would find the owner of that monkey and motorcycle. Where are your grownups, kids? Yeah. What is going on? Like I get that Carl's pretty unsupervised, but geez. (laughs) And Lois does not seem like the mom who keeps a motorcycle in the garage. No, definitely so not. So it's got to be Higsby. Or yeah, I don't know. Or they fucking jacked a motorcycle. I don't know. It's they never do spend, explained. They do spend a lot of time in the dump. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, I just like I f- have felt so bad about this poor monkey. This poor monkey. Throughout this whole series, like so obviously abused and uninterested in Higsby in general. Higsby is a terrible pet owner yeah you need to meet your animals needs not meet your needs with an animal yeah like they're not a toy no they're a living creature and he says it in like a couple episodes back where like carl and hoodsy are like your monkey's miserable and he goes i don't care he's my monkey right he's here to make me happy which is a shitty attitude which is such a a shitty attitude also like monkeys should not be pets like, no, they're too smart to be pets. They are I, way too smart to be pets. I don't think that's okay. No. No. It's not. Monkeys belong. If if they cannot be in the wild, they need to be in a, like, a well-taken-care-of-someone-who-knows-what-they're-doing. Yeah, totally. Not some little boy who likes to play dress up yeah it's fucking terrible like higsby should just have a doll like he should have some kind of like get him a robot you know one of those weird little like baby dolls that does you know stuff or whatever like that's what he wants to do he just wants to play dress up and have a thing to take care of it's it's almost like if we didn't demonize dolls to only girls things and like let boys do the things that they want he wouldn't have to torture an animal to get his right. or yeah get him, get him one of those fucking robot dogs or something right you know like he, oh i always wanted one of those robot dogs i know and i the technology has come so far i saw a video recently of somebody who has a robot dog and they've come so far since i checked in on the blast they're like really cool looking now i mean you know they're also fucking 300 dollars or whatever right. you know insanely expensive but like you know cool as hell and like a, a real dog i remember they had 
they were McDonald's toys for a second. Like yeah. the tiny mini ones that you could right. flip. Oh, I love those. <laughs> I also, my only other note on this episode is like the monkey, Mr. Licorice, Mr. Licorice at the end of the performance, like snatches the piccolo and he absolutely shreds on this fucking piccolo. He, there's this really tricky, like fast tonguing uh-huh. part, which is is really difficult on the flute and the piccolo. Yeah, he kill he kills this piccolo. Yeah, song. he does. 